the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to do, we can talk about. Got a call about being over 40 with no retirement savings. And it's tough to give a really good answer without really getting to know people. If he's a high earner versus not. If he's a good saver versus not. If he's a big spender versus not. Um, I think the first thing, you know, having had a little time to compose myself on that, I'd say crunch the numbers to start with. Um, start figuring things out. You're not going to retire in 10 years at 50. You're probably not going to retire at 60 because let's say you have the ability to save $10,000 a year. So you'll save 100000 by the time you're 50 and you'll save another 100000 by the time you're 60. So that money maybe will double to maybe. Uh, part of it will double, part of it won't double because it won't have been in long enough. But you know, you're looking at 250, 260000 um, and that's probably not enough to live off because if you take a look at your budget, let's say you're making fifty thousand or you're spending fifty thousand dollars a year, that money's gone in five years. Keep in mind that Social Security, I think, is gonna they're gonna make us wait longer to get it, and I think you're gonna get less of it. Um, that's the assumption that you should make, just so in case you're wrong, it's better to err on the side of caution. Most of Social Security is going to go to covering your health care costs. So you need to get aggressive, in my opinion. So if you're behind in the savings race, you have a lot of ground to make up. And the quicker you max out things like 401ks or IRAs or uh, Roths, the better. So playing the catch-up game is a little bit on the frustrating side uh, because it probably means cuts to your lifestyle. Uh, I'm stunned by how many people go to sporting events. Um, that don't have anything saved. And they're going to get what they deserve. But it's going to take them until they're age 65 to really see that. You clearly want to start scaling back now as aggressively as you can. You know, you don't want to get discouraged. 
there is hope. Again, working a little bit longer, working part-time longer, isn't the worst thing in the world. There's a guy here at the TV station that I work at, and I do the radio show from the TV station, which is a little confusing, but work with it. He um, is 75-plus, I think, or he's doesn't look very... He looks like he's 75, and he's still doing security work, and he's the nicest guy in the world, and he's the easiest guy to talk to, you know. Hey, James, uh, what did you do before you did security work? Um, well, <laughs> he'll go. Uh, just super pleasant to come to work and say, see first thing in the morning. Um, so maybe that's you know part of your plan down the road. And maybe that wasn't your plan as a little kid. Maybe your plan as a little kid was to have a house in the desert and you'll sit on the porch and throw rocks at coyotes. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, could like I said, I don't know. Uh, the caller was from Santa Clara, but you know maybe his family traces back to Guam or Tonga. Tonga's got one of the lowest costs of living in the world. And yeah, you can take your social security and go to another country. There's a lot to digest in that, but you can. So clearly, you want to start paying down as much outstanding debt as possible. If he has a home and has no, no, nothing saved for retirement, that's a whole freaking fracking discussion that maybe he left out for me. But if he's renting, he's in much worse shape than if he owns, because maybe he has some equity. And maybe part of his retirement will be his, part of his nest egg will be his home. And again, maybe he'll have to move from Santa Clara to Stockton, or Santa Clara to Oklahoma City. Uh, you want to contribute as aggressively as you can to your IRA or your 401k, or in his case, a Roth IRA. Um, get it done. It's your job now, is to fund your retirement. So, in my opinion, and this is not the opinion of every CFP in the world or anything like that, is you're going to have to go aggressive with stocks. You're not going to be able to hide behind the safety of uh, bonds, which means it's going to get a lot more volatile, but you're going to have to suck it up and take it. You know, when I go on a nice beach vacation, there's not a big airport at that beach. So I have to suck it up, get on a teeny tiny little airplane, and those things are, are violent. Coming in for landing, you know, you miss your landing seven or eight times and you're sweating pretty aggressively. You're like, how much more gas does the plane have? How much more, like, are we going to make it? Um, I don't care. I, I figured I'm going to die when I die, so I don't really stress over scenarios like that. Uh, but that's the price I pay if you want to go somewhere, you know, isolated and lovely versus overdeveloped. So, so the fact that you're getting a late start on investing, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. At least you're getting the start. Had you said I'm 45, you're way behind. Had you said 50, I would have said you're going to work till the day you die. And I used to say this, and this is a bit of a joke, and it's kind of a mean joke. But some people's retirement plan, and I remember hearing about this back in 2006, 7, and 8, when the markets were just getting murder-related, was there was one guy in Portland who went into a bank with a gun, shot it in the air, sat down and waited for the police. His retirement plan was, I'm going to go to jail because it's going to be better than the retirement plan that I put together for myself. He knows as an elderly guy, he's going to be treated decently. He's going to have a room, a gym, 
cable television. Uh, healthcare. He won't be able to see the world. But, and as funny as that sounds, it's, I know some people are starting to think, like, how much do I need for retirement now? Because I don't want to have to rob a bank or potentially act like I'm robbing a bank. Um, I don't know. So for a lot of people, like I said, you're going to work till the day you die. And I'm going to say it, that is what it is. Um, Something along the lines of, like I said, uh, if you can get a little more education and maybe that helps you boost your income, that's great. Um, understand that there's things in your life that are very optional. Uh, dry cleaning is very optional. You can do all that stuff at home if you want to. Save some money. Restaurants are very optional. You can do all that you know, at home. Um, so saving 8%, 10%, 15% is going to be a step in the right direction. So establish a goal of trying to save 15 to 20% as soon as you can. Understand that I think you probably want to get to probably at least 500000 before you retire. I want 10 to 20 times your income. So if you're making 50000 I want 500000 minimum. I think you, at that point in time in retirement, you can say, okay, I'm going to work part I'm going to go to a resort and be a masseuse. Or I'm going to do... There's ways to slow down. Um, that cash flow <clears throat> output, I think you want to pay off all your credit cards immediately or as soon as possible. So figure out if you have a, ca- a credit card problem. So try not to swing for the fence. He said, what if I lose all my money in the stock market? I've never met one single person who lost all their money in the stock market who were investors. I've seen people lose their trades. And that's completely different. I heard this song going to California. It always makes me smile. Um, stop buying people Christmas gifts. There's so many things that you can do to make uh, a little extra money for yourself. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Hopefully that helps. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Homebuyers dominated the mortgage market last week, but refinancers sat on the sidelines despite the lowest interest rates of the year. I'm kind of refinanced out. Um, I don't need to refinance any of my properties. I'm good. So that's a little bit of a problem for, you know, there's always going to be buyers and sellers in real estate and people who get in at higher interest rates who do want to refinance. So it's not like the, the whole thing's over. Over. Nothing is over until we say it was. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no, and it ain't over now. 
So if you're wondering what it feels like to be down and sad, you probably should dump Facebook. So a new report basically says there's evidence that the social network might be to blame. Um, I don't think this is a surprise, right? It's inside the Harvard Business Review. It argues that using Facebook regularly can have a negative effect on a person's well-being. Conversely, participating in real-world social networks can have a positive effect on health. Exposure to carefully curated images from other lives uh, leads to negative self-comparison, and the sheer quantity of social media interaction may detract from more meaningful real-life experiences. So getting out and actually talking to people, (laughs) healthy for you. Staying in and looking at people, not healthy for you. The study seems to show exactly why you might feel, you know, really great after hanging out with friends on a beach, but you feel pretty down after, you know, surfing on the, the Internet on Facebook. I kind of agree with that. Amazon is dominating retail and fighting back against Amazon and other online sellers is kind of the key to survive for companies like Walmart and Target. Now, when I say survive, they're going to be okay. But that's what we used to say about Sears and JCPenney's, right? So Walmart said today that they're going to offer a discount on thousands of items ordered online if shoppers then go to the closest store to pick them up. So at a time when stores are losing shoppers who would rather make their purchases online, Walmart's latest deal allows the world's biggest retailer to offer the ease of online shopping while taking advantage of its thousands of stores cutting costs while still offering convenience. Customers save on the delivery costs and get their orders faster, and maybe they'll even stick around and shop a little bit more. That's the idea. So starting next week, customers can get discounts on roughly 10,000 items, ranging from car seats to TVs. And they're exclusively available online. The selection is going to grow to over a million items from 10,000. So Walmart says it's passing along some of the savings reaped from relying on its own fleet of trucks to drop off items at Walmart's 4,700 stores. So, for instance, a 70-inch TV that sells for almost $1,700 will drop $50 with a pickup discount. A slate-colored pre-tax B-Safe 35 infant car seat that costs 150 bucks will be 140 bucks. A Lego City Great Vehicles ferry that costs twenty four dollars will be twenty one fifty. So you get the idea, right? I think it's a pretty smart idea, all things considered. Um, does it have to absolutely positively work? No. Um, I think that's worthy of note. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about money, investing, and more. Taking a look at some of the market numbers. Um, where are we at at this point in time? Uh, S&P 500 down 7, the Dow down 50, the Nasdaq down 21. Delta stock jumps. United shares bounce back. Um, everyone's coming out with an opinion on the wild incident that we saw on Amer- United Airlines. Um, you're even seeing some like Emirate Airlines kind of trolling United Airlines. Uh, Emirates has waded into the, you know, furor. When I say furor, I'm not talking about Hitler and gassing. I'm not talking about that Hitler, Sean Spicer. Oh, man. How much longer can he last? Uh, but Emirates has waded into the furor surrounding the incident that saw a passenger on the United Airlines flight dragged through the aisle after being bloodied by an aviation security officer. Um, 
and this has really you know, caught on quite rapidly in China because Chinese American being dragged off. You got to wonder, like, did he have to be dragged? So, could they have offered more for someone to get off the plane, kind of thing? In a not so d- subtle dig at um, United. Emirates released a video mocking United Airlines' Fly the Friendly Skies motto. In the clip, which was released yesterday, the words say, This time, for real. Um, you know, earlier this year, the CEO of United, Oscar Munoz, he uh, launched a scathing attack on Emirates and other Gulf Airlines, claiming that they threatened U.S. jobs, as going as far as suggesting Americans had never heard of Dubai or United Arab Emirates until Gulf based carriers rose to prominence. Um, so you troll them and they troll you right back. Uh, is that fair? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Rumor that Amazon was looking at buying into Whole Foods. And you're like, what? So, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, United Airlines uh, stock fell on the news that they had some problems. But it bounced right back. So, um, Amazon and Google are increasingly pitted against each other in the market in which they operate. But who will be the big winner? Remember when the first internet started and Google was, you'd like do all your shopping. You'd like research a, a Vizio TV and, you know, you'd read the reviews and then you'd say, I can buy it here or there. Now you just got to do it at Amazon. Um, there's a big competition for ad dollars. And if you go to Amazon now and search for, I don't know, maybe a, um, an owl statue, some of the people who sell owl statues will pay so that you see theirs first. Amazon's going to generate about a billion dollars in U.S. ad revenue in 2017 compared to Google's $34 billion and Facebook's $15 billion. So Morgan Stanley analysts estimate that the number is going to grow to $5 billion next year and $7 billion by 2020. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm not sure what the producer just said to me, um, but it is what it is. One, there we go. Amazon has the lead right now in retail, um, but advertising's big. So you don't think of them as an advertiser, a potential kind of play. But they absolutely are. Snapshot ha- Snapchat has responded to former employees' claims of inflated metrics, oh, saying we got nothing on Anthony Papalano first sued Snap in January, alleging that the company falsified its growth metrics. He claimed to have been abruptly fired in 2015 after he raised the issue with senior leadership. Um, Snap's pretty... I've been testing it for a week, and it's, it's got its use. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget to get an event coming up in Palo Alto to get in free for either event, the wealth accumulation or the wealth preservation. You can use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Um, <clears throat> taking a look at Wall Street out of the gate, a little bit lower. Um, oil, a little bit higher. But these are really small deviations from where we were. Um, so, you know, with that being said, don't get too crazy and or too caught up at this point in time. The price is still not quite right on Wall Street. The tenor of the major headlines is sounding a little more positive, but you're not seeing investors get excited by the tenor. Delta Airlines reported better than expected first quarter earnings and issued upbeat passenger unit revenue guidance from the second quarter. United CEO finally apologized correctly. That stock is moving higher. It's one of those situations where you don't get an opportunity to buy stocks typically 10% down unless something happens. And something happened. So the question is, did you look at it as a trade? I didn't. I'm not a big airlines kind of guy. American Petroleum Institute reported a weekly drawdown in crude and gasoline and distant stockpiles. That's lending further support to oil prices, and um, that's positive. So as far as stock prices go, um, the Wall Street Journal had some coverage on some banks ahead of their earnings. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo all got positive love. So ultimately, you know, what are we hanging our hat on today? What are we looking at? So yesterday you had the market, you know, pair its losses in the afternoon and secured a close above the 50-day moving average, So, which has been the mainstay of technical support ever since the election. So we're not really selling down. We're not really going anywhere right now. But we're also not really falling down either. Um, one point of hesitation is Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and Russian Foreign Minister uh, Lavrov are going to discuss the Syrian situation, which is serving as a reminder the geopolitical risks have not vanished overnight. Um, horrific gassing of his own people by Assad uh, put the Russians in a bad situation. They promised they were going to get rid of all the chemical weapons for Syria in Syria. And then, whoops, what's that, a chemical weapon? Um, it's not good. So there's been a lot of attention tied towards the CPI and PPI data that was reported by China. Um, neither one had too much of a surprise on the upside as far as inflation goes. U.S. import prices declined two-tenths of a percent month over month in March, driven down by lower fuel import prices, but they're up 4.2% year over year. Treasury market is undeterred at this point in time by any of the economic data that we're seeing. So the 10-year Treasury note hits about 2.29%, uh, breaching that 23 so that's still a pretty, that, that's telling you there's, the economy is not in great shape. And yet, economic data says the economy is in great shape. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Trump continues to issue trademarks around the world. Um, you know, the business who's now run by his two adult sons has 157 trademark applications pending in 36 countries. Oh, boy. Um, he's focused on, you know, making his name, his brand. Uh, he doesn't build the hotel. He just puts a name on the hotel. I'm really rich. Pretty, that's a pretty smart business model because uh, you don't have to spend the money and potentially 
go bankrupt or lose a deal. Job openings in the U.S. hit seven-month highs in February as hiring has slipped. U.S. job openings, also known as the JOLTS report, um, its measure of labor demand increased 118,000 spots to a seasonally adjusted 5.7 million. If you want a job, they're out there. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton. Talk a little financial planning. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Excellent. Let's talk a little, uh, we do wealth preservation retirement planning seminars. You can find out more about one coming up shortly at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. One of the things that you have to worry about in retirement is asset allocation. There's a phrase that I use that asset allocation is more important than timing the market. And people, you know, continually want to time the market. But asset allocation in retirement balls in your court. Yeah, asset allocation, but it's also asset location. So the different asset classes that are out there, which types of accounts do you hold them in between your your cash accounts, your taxable accounts, your IRA, your Roth? Um, where do you hold them? I mean, the first thing that you got to look at is is uh, an overall strategy that you need in retirement, which is how are you going to draw and where, what accounts are you going to draw from first? A lot of people make the mistakes of drawing from just their cash first and then holding off on their IRAs, and then they find themselves at age 70 and a half in a really high tax bracket. So um, you take the approach that, as I've talked about on your show many times, you need three years of portfolio draws in cash, right? That's typically in your taxable account. You then need at least about 20% of your portfolio in, in most retirees' cases, if they're kind of the general retired person scenario. You want about 20% of your portfolio in dividend-paying stocks, but they are stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend on an annual basis, so you have constant income regardless of what the share price is doing and an income that increases even when the markets are down. Um, then you need about 20 to 30% of your portfolio in what you try to do is, is it's really good, and, and a lot of financial advisors, a lot of publications agree that you, you should try to get about 20 to 30% of your retired, retiree income needs, Rob, from a form of guaranteed lifetime income. For example, Social Security is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. A pension you can't outlive is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. Well, people can also do this on their own and create that with um, certain products out there. And I hate loaded variable annuities. Why? But there are so, because the fees are so high. Okay. They, they have these guarantees, but the internal fees are like 3.5%. Uh, you, you, you buy them, you can't get out of them for 7 to 10 years. Somebody gets a like, huge commission involved and they don't help you manage it. There are some no-load versions of this where you can be in a balanced portfolio, and no matter what the market does, you'll get 5 to 6% income for life. It's not a principal guarantee. It's a lifetime guaranteed income. And you need that longevity guarantee in your life. So what if you do outlive that 86 number that is the average age of death now? So you want to get 20 to 30% of that. So what I typically do is have about 20% of a portfolio in a, a, a no-load product. So Because if, if bonds ever go to a point where they're attractive again, I might get out of those products. I might not recommend them anymore. But right now, they're an okay bond alternative. Um, and then the rest of the portfolio is a very conservative um, ETF no-load fund portfolio that you'd want to have. And so in your taxable accounts, you would want more of the large-cap, mid-cap, and tax-free bonds. And then in your retirement accounts, that's where you would have more of the the, the types of dividend-paying stuff that don't qualify for that 15% dividend, dividend tax. Um, so some you know things like national limit partnerships in oil and gas deals, um, other stocks that don't qualify for that 15% dividend tax. So you need that overall 
kind of pieces of your overall portfolio. You need the cash that you're going to draw from. You need the pieces of your portfolio that are going to feed it. But also pay attention to where you hold the asset classes. If it's an income-producing vehicle and you don't need the income yet, hold it in either an IRA or a Roth. If it's more of a long-term hold in a growth asset, that's, that's going to be in your taxable accounts. Okay, so asset allocation, critically important in retirement, different than when you're younger. Um, you got to know your tax brackets. You do. And it's really important to know your marginal bracket. That's what, what's the next dollar that I receive? What's it going to be taxed at? So when you retire, things are changing. You no longer have a paycheck. So the first thing you do is you look at your overall situation and say, before I draw from anything, what are, what's my automatic tax bracket going to be? I'm going to have my Social Security income. I'm going to have dividends and interest from my stock and bond portfolio and my taxable accounts. And the first place you look to draw is actually your IRA. A lot of people hold off for as long as they can. But a married couple filing jointly can have about 70000 of income from IRAs and Social Security and pension, plus an amount of income equal to their itemized deductions, and still be at a 15% bracket, which, you know, right now, at this point in time when we're talking, is the same as the capital gains rate. Right. It could be lower going forward, depending on what happens to our tax code. So... It's kind of complicated in retirement. You know, it, it is, it's complicated on the initial setup, but once you get a detailed income plan going, then it kind of gets automated. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff to know. You can learn more about this kind of topic and more coming to a Wealth Preservation Retirement Seminar. Uh, it's something Chad and I do together. It's great to meet people, put faces and names together, and it all starts to kind of click for people. You can learn more about upcoming seminars at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find more at about Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner with New Focus Financial at chadburton.com. That's B-U-R-T-O-N or newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. So the airline industry has had you know decades-long series of disasters. The American aviation industry is now in a pretty good place. They used to lose money, so much money, to the point that Warren Buffett said, I'll never invest in an airline. And then he invested in an airline because, well, the airlines figured out how to do it. Overcapacity and fares, wars have been eliminated. Uh, redundant staff is gone. The economy is improving. People are buying plane tickets. Um, that's exactly how United Airlines found itself, you know, dragging unwilling customer off an overbooked flight to Louisville. Had that flight not been in such high demand, no one would be talking about it. Um, and it's telling you that that's, the airlines are doing well. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it tells you the airlines are doing very, very well. Um, when you have the ability to drag your customer kicking and screaming off, there's been a lot of consolidation. You've seen the fall of uh, deregulation. Airlines were you know, losing tons of money, the 9-11 terrorist attacks and such. Um, consolidation has really worked to increase their profits across the board. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
Law Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Excuse me. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk a little bit about airlines and kind of what got them into the problem was the fact that there's not a lot of competition and flights are overbooked. And we'll probably see something like this again down the road. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Can't seem to catch my uh, breath here. Um, the airline stocks have been a big winner in the last few years because they finally figured out what was going on and how to best game the system, so to speak. And what I mean by that is, well, first and foremost, when you get Warren Buffett buying in, it's telling you that, you know, it's not all systems go, but it's telling you that something good's happening. So passengers may hate airlines, and we don't really like to spend, you know, premium dollars on airlines. Um... Investors love airlines. If you take a look at the S&P Composite 1500 with just the airlines versus the S&P 500 Composite without the airlines, and you get you know much better return over time with just the airlines. That's on a 10-year basis. Um, and on a 5-year basis, it's crazy how much outperformance there is. So there's no 5-year return yet for American Airlines because the company was formed through a merger of U.S. Airways and the old American Airlines. But some of the numbers are shocking. Um, with sales up, you know, just a tiny fraction, uh, you know, 6% up at Alaska Air, 8% in Allegiant, American Airlines down 2%, Delta down 2.5% in sales, uh, JetBlue up 3.4%, and yet you're seeing the stock returns up 400 plus percent, 200 plus percent. Uh, Delta up 350%. Hawaiian Airlines up 800% plus percent. So, uh, just amazing returns, right? And a lot of that is, again, tied towards there's just no competition. Um, speaking of, you know, business models and ideas, uh, millennials are always on my mind. I think I've made that pretty clear on this show. They don't want to own homes. So, that could be a big demographic trend change, kind of game changer. Um, it's an often repeated assertion that may not actually be true. Millennials do want to own homes. They just were slow to get the finances ready for it. So hopefully you didn't change your portfolio and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to sell all the home builders because no one's going to be buying homes. 79% of millennial homeowners believe owning a home has a positive impact on the long-term financial uh, pictures. Eighty-six percent of millennials believe owning a home is more affordable than renting. Young homeowners aren't as picky and are the least likely to seek a move-in ready home amongst all the generations because they don't necessarily view the home, first home as their permanent residence. So as millennials grow up, this will play out. Uh, clearly, the millennial generation is coming of age and realizing it may not, might not make sense to wait anymore to purchase their first home. They're willing to do a starter home. The best way I can explain this is that um, a good friend of mine, Gabrielle, she for years and years and years, you know, was like, I can't buy a home. I'm trying to buy a home. I'm being outbid. Everything's going higher. I can't buy a home. I'm being outbid. Everything's going higher and higher. Um, so she ultimately jumped in and bought a, a condo, which she didn't really want to do. 
and condo kept going up in price. So she sold that and bought the home that she wanted to buy. Worthy of note, in my opinion. United Airlines stock lost $255 million in value. That's the cost of dragging a pastor off an overbooked flight. Um, I was a little upset with social media and some of my friends. Um, I think it's really, really easy to get mad at a brand for something you see on a viral video. And if my life was on a viral video, well, trouble, (laughs) to say the least, right? If your brand was on a viral video or always being taped, you wouldn't have your job, you wouldn't have your wife, you wouldn't have your your car. Um, You've done some stupid stuff. And I feel kind of bad for the company in the sense that... People are like, I'm canceling my credit card. I'm giving my miles away to charity. I'm doing this. And it just, everyone makes mistakes. In this case, it's not the CEO. Maybe it's the culture the CEO has created. But it's the security guards, um, the airport security guards, not the United security guards. United handled it as well as they could. And Lord knows whenever a security guard talks to me, I treat that person with, with respect. <laughs> At first, I might be a little bit belligerent, but... Typically, I see a gun on their, their side. I'm like, if he tells me about the plane, I'm getting off the plane. I don't care. Um, I, I, that's just a phenomenal story. Um, and I get, no, you don't touch a human being, and no, you don't drag them, and no, you don't do that. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I also know that you know when there's authority figures, you should respect them, um, no matter what happens. Soaring prices are hitting the vacation home market as a growing number of Americans now choose to rent rather than buy their beach mountain homes. Sales of vacation homes slumped 22% uh, to the lowest level in three years, even as the overall home sales hit their highest level in a decade. Vacation home buyers also were more likely to take out a mortgage to help offset the higher costs. With fewer bargain-priced properties to choose from and a growing number of traditional buyers, finding a home for vacation purposes became more difficult and less affordable last year. Tight supply of vacation homes for sale was behind the jump in prices, as it is the overall housing market. Sounds pretty familiar, right? Median price of a vacation home in 2016 was $200,000. That's up 4.2% compared with 2015, and the highest median price uh, in 2006. So that's uh, had a nice move for quite a while. Job openings in the United States at a seven-month high in February as hiring has slipped. Um, job openings, which is a measure of labor demand, increased 118,000 uh, spots to a seasonally adjusted 5.7 million. So plenty of jobs out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget I have a big event coming up in Palo Alto on May 20th. To get in for free, you can sign up for either event, the Wealth Accumulation in the morning or the Wealth Creation in the afternoon. The code is RADIO25 to get in for free. It's RADIO25. Last event sold out, so sign up soon for the May 20th event in Palo Alto. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.